Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the billboards. Getting stupid and feeling proud. We're going to make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Johnny O'Mara. Hands up for them real ones. Them good girls and them billboards. Hands up for them real ones. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bill Buds podcast for a brand new year. I, of course, am your New Year's baby, JPC. And with me, as always, the New Year's baby with the doitiest diapy. We like to call him JJO. We like to call him JJO, but he goes by many names, and one of those names is Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how's it going? Uh, it's great. New Year, same stinky old me. Yeah, same stinky you, same stinky doity diapy. Um, what is the New Year's baby? What? Why is it? Why is it a baby? I think because as the year goes on, the the baby grows and eventually dies. Oh, wow. Damn. And then a that's new like year a, baby is born. That's like a very short lifespan. So it's not like a baby human, we can presume, because humans have a longer lifespan. Well, it's uh, some sort of you know mythical being is a cryptid is baby new year a cryptid wow (laughs) baby new year is a cryptid i think that that yeah i mean that makes sense to me (laughs) i don't know what the official cryptid count is have you ever seen any yeah you know or anything that you were like i wonder if that was a nessie no but wait wait, where did mariah and i went to like no, I've never seen anything cool like that. Mariah and I did go to like a cryptid museum once on vacation, uh, which was very fun. It was just That's my kind of vacation. Yeah, it was it was like a it was a very small place, but it was just littered with like cryptid paraphernalia. A we lot of Bigfoot to, stuff. A lot of Bigfoot stuff. Oh, I love Bigfoot. Yeah. We we went to um Roswell on our honeymoon. That wow, wasn't the only yeah. place we went. Um but it was the most important place we went. And <laughs> we went to the UFO, like, it was like the UFO Research Center and Museum. Mm. A very weird place. Very fun. Very bizarre. Yeah. I. What's weird about the, a lot of the cryptid stuff and like the UFO stuff is it's like you understand, I understand conceptually like why people want to believe in that stuff. And I think it is very cool to be like, there are, uh, you know, mysteries and secrets that are even on this very planet that we haven't like mm-hmm. no one has ever laid eyes upon these things. But it's also just like, OK, but, you know, it's it's kind of kind of hard to believe that. But there was a time where like th- that's the problem is there was a time where like people didn't th- thought gorillas were a myth. They didn't know that like the gorilla existed. And, and then yeah. this is like recent history. This is not like it's, this well, is not like, you know, a thousand years ago. Isn't it the, the isn't it a thing where like George Washington didn't even know dinosaurs existed? Yeah, sure. I mean, like truly I, wild. Yeah, they, you know, on a, on the on a small scale, like th- there are like new discoveries, but we've been living in the age of satellites for so long that it's like it feels like we've got that kind of covered. But there are still uncharted, you know, places in the world that people think that there might be cryptids living. I um. I saw Baby New Year once. <laughs> People don't believe me, uh, but it, I was. It took me on a ship. It 
I was stunned. It hit me with a it beam was, of light. And it, it, baby, do year it does have a, a steam a steam ocean mm-hmm. liner. Mm-hmm. I remember that because you were saying that you got taken by baby New Year, and it was I believe it was January first. Yeah, uh, when you got taken, and then mm-hmm. you kind of I don't want to use the word woke up, but you woke up. And it was December 31st. Yeah, I lost the whole year. Baby New Year. And and so when I was taken, it was by Baby New Year. Yeah. And then um, December 31st when I got back home, Father Time dropped me off. Because yeah. I think Baby New Year grows and becomes Father Time. Father Time, yeah. yeah. Wow. He'd, um, and if you want to buy Johnny's book to learn, all, <laughs> you could write a book. You could write that book, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. And then I was pregnant. I did write as... My character, Walter Ego, I don't know, mm. Track Reagans, the paranormal investigator. I wrote a book as him to promote one of our shows years ago. How big was the book? It wasn't huge. It was okay. maybe maybe it was a more of a pamphlet, but sure. it was an it was an the it was an ebook and we we did have an ebook signing event where people could print out copies to get hey man signed. ebooks are books okay people still putting in effort to write those ebooks some people not much but some people a lot some people too mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i had talked to a friend once uh at a wedding who does like a lot of voiceover work and he said he does a lot of voiceover work for ebooks because people mm-hmm. people want like narration for their ebooks the guy's got a great voice and he was telling me about this like one fantasy author that only writes dragon books that he has worked for and done a bunch of things for. And he's like, this guy's written like 300 ebooks because he just kind of like cranks them out and they're just about dragons. And he says, when I'm reading them and I'm like, you know, recording these ebooks, there are times where he gets the characters' names wrong. And I've done so many of them. I know he's talking about characters from other books. And he's just like, he's like, I don't know that the guy who's doing these is like, there's any quality control. There's no editor wow. process. He's just kind of like rambling about dragons for a couple hundred pages. But I'll tell you what. It's a living. I That's what the dragon says. It looks yeah. at the camera and says, it's a living. <laughs> I would love to do the ebook narration for Chuck Tingle. Are you familiar with Chuck Tingle? No, but I love that name. What's Chuck Tingle? Chuck Tingle is – he's an author who cranks out yeah. just like erotic – books oh wow but they're all like maybe you've seen like pounded in the butt by bigfoot or bigfoot lawyer you know it's like all of those books oh we're talking about cryptid erotica i mean yeah yeah actually okay um seems like a very cool dude the the books i would i would I've, i've read a couple of them they're very like it's exactly what you think it is yeah it's a great time there, my favorite is the series that's like pounded in the book, but no, pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my, and it's like a, oh, it's like a chain of yeah, <laughs> Russian nesting doll yeah, of, <laughs> of being pounded in the butt. You know, there, there's it's funny too because there are there are jobs out there that I hear about and I'm like, wow, now that's a cool, that's like a, a unique job. That's a job not many people have, right? That there's mm, got to be at least yeah. something fun to that. And then someone's like, you know, it's like I work at a bank, and I'm like, everybody works at a bank, like you know, whatever. Yeah. whatever. This is a uh, this is nothing to me. But when someone's like, I do cryptid erotica, I'm like, man, that's what a job. life, what a life you live, fantastic. If you could get. Pounded in the butt by any cryptid. Who would it be? God, any cryptid. Huh. I don't think I wouldn't want Bigfoot because I think he's got a hairy dick. Yeah. I and I I, I guess 
I guess I don't want Bigfoot because it's a little on the nose. Yeah. A little on the butt. You know, I, <laughs> a I, lot in the butt. I'm trying to think of some like other fun, like a lot of cryptids too, unfortunately, are like animals. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know that I just want to be like pounded in the butt by, you know, a weird dog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you want to get nobody, in the butt by a normal dog. I hope nobody ever clips that. <laughs> that, should, uh, that should not be made into a clip. What about like Mothman? Mothman would be fun. Mothman too is like, yeah, I think Mothman would be fun. Although I, I don't love like a moth up close. When you say no, the butterfly they are, and a moth up close, they look terrifying. Moths are tr- truly like one of my... They're probably my least favorite bug, except for maybe dragonflies. They are so fucking creepy. We, yeah. Dude, a few years ago, we went to Costa Rica. Um, and they have just absolutely the, the biggest fucking moths. Otherwise, a perfect country. One of my favorite places I've ever been until I saw these. They ha- yeah, it's like. No bueno. It's like, that's what they would say when they saw them. It's mm-hmm. like those they're like a foot long they're like a foot wide and and a lot of like you know the hotels and stuff where we stay that's stayed too big that feels like dinosaur times it it was so fucked up it was like on the jungle cruise when yeah. they're like look at these big old fuckers uh except they were real Yuck. and a, a lot of the like hotel lobbies and stuff were kind of like outdoors because like it's nice sure. out so th- you would just be like sitting in the lobby and there would just be the biggest fucking moth you've ever seen in your life just like hanging out on the wall. Nope. No, not into that. It, but you know, moths I think are relatively harmless, but they're I just no, yeah, they're nothing. Yeah, they're just I, gross. I just don't want to see their big gross <laughs> bug parts. I don't like the I don't like how how many how many bug parts a moth has. No. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Any bug up close, honestly. Any bug up close is not not my forte. No, and I don't like I think butterflies a lot of times get a pass, ladybugs get a pass. I don't like that. They're all gross. They're all bugs. I love butterflies I, you're going into a butterfly sanctuary and just seeing them mm. kind of like going all yes. around. I don't want them touching me, though. I don't want no. them getting up close to me. No way, no way. But seeing them fly with their nice oh, pretty colors great. to the sky, sure, that's okay. I like that. Well, Johnny, speaking of, um, I think at one point you said something about a long time ago or back, you know, you were referencing a vacation know. and you were like a, a, a while ago, ago, a few yeah. years ago. Also, something that was a few years ago. The year I saw Lord. 2004 <laughs> moths. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 2004, Johnny, that is the year that we're going back to. Now, if you are not familiar with the Bill Buds podcast, welcome. Every episode is somebody's first episode. But if you are familiar, you know that Johnny and I, we love to start out our year, 2024, by going back in time 20 years and doing a top 10 playlist of our our favorite songs, our top songs of 20 years ago. Johnny, We've done this two years now. This is our third year that we've done this. We mm-hmm. did it for uh, 02, 03, and now we're doing it for 2024. We both had a very similar experience. I want to talk about it up top. Yeah. It was way harder to come up with a ton of songs for 2004, was it not? In in, in previous years, it was hard to get my list of like 9,000 songs down to 10. Yeah. This year, it was hard to get songs yeah and and a lot of the ones that i got it was like this is fine like yeah it it they were songs that like 
I remember but didn't listen to a lot. Mm. It was like, mm. you know, and I I kind of have a theory. I have two what's, theories. What's your theory? I want to hear your theory on this. So I was looking at last year's playlist, uh-huh. and there's sort of a lot more pop. Okay. Um, and this year has less pop, for me anyway. Yeah. And this year had more sort of in indie, what I would call like indie rock. Yes. So I think it's a combination of like the more traditional like pop bands, girl girl groups, girl females, whatever, Britney Spears types, sing, I don't know, pop stars, yeah. and boy bands kind of like going by the wayside. This new like indie genre bubbling up, but it yep. was also a time where it was like a lot of these bands like the like their first album that kind of got a hit but it wasn't their big hit yeah that's what it seems like where it's like we're just bubbling up or older artists who had bigger hits before and this was like they're like you know a minor hit after their big hits so it just feels like a really transitional year yeah i I, a transitional year i think i will agree with for for my part when i was making my list I didn't come away with a list that I was like, oh, I didn't like any of these songs or like, I only kind of like these songs. I like my list. It's just way shorter than my normal, my list of the past two years have been. And to me, I was thinking, I have an experience when I'm going through, I go through all the albums that came out in 2004, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 2003, whatever. And I'm like figuring out, oh, this artist, I know this one. Do I know this one? And I'm finding a lot of songs, usually when I do that, that I'm like, I remember this song. It wasn't big for me, but I remember this song. This time, there was way less of that. The songs that I picked were like, I remember this one. I liked this one. I liked this album. This was, you know, for me, it was way harder to come across the like, oh, yeah, I remember this, but I wasn't super into this from 2004. There were a couple for me where it was like, this was sort of culturally significant. Yeah. And then, interestingly, there were like three albums, I think three albums that came out in 2004 that were like, fucking formative for me so i have songs from those and then the rest was just like weird well let's talk about this johnny first of all let's talk about what we've covered on the show so far because uh in in the years that we've been doing the show we've covered four albums um from 2004 uh we covered hot fuss by the killers american idiot by green day and autobiography by ashley simpson and then over on the patreon we did the garden state soundtrack all Mm -hmm. of those things came out in 2004 i do a thing with my list where if we've already covered an album, I'm not going to put it on my top 10. Like, I'm not going to put a song, because, like, Mr. Brightside would probably be pretty high up for me. Yeah. I, I I put it on my playlist, but I left it off. I left it off my, like, my top 10. Um, Same. So o- only things that we haven't covered on the show were was I, like, counting towards what I could put my top 10 in. But that that didn't make it this hard this time. Like, no. Like you said, Mr. Brightside would have been on there. If it – my whole top 10 would have been Ashley Simpson, but, yeah. uh, of course <laughs> – of course, you're gonna do that. Um, okay, well, Johnny, I think I think in order to like really give people the experience of what we're talking about, we have to just go into these lists, and we can we can kind of talk our way through it. Um, I, I can start, and we're gonna start with number ten now. If you listeners may know, Johnny and I don't see each other's list before this. We're coming yeah. in blind. I'm c- clicking blind links to Johnny's music, so we're coming in blind to this. But I told you, Johnny, when we started, I said I think we are gonna have. At most, two crossovers. I think, but I I think I think it's going to be closer to one. I think there I might th- be one crossover. 
I think it will be zero or one. Wow, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll be shocked. I can't wait to see what this is. Uh, all right, Johnny, are you ready to listen to my number ten? Yes. I've been locked up way too long in this crazy world. One song on my list that I don't even like, but I kind of love. And of course, it is uh, Lost Lonely Boys Heaven. Uh, we were I was listening to this playlist in the car with Mariah, my, my full playlist. And this one came up and I was like, how far is heaven? Just kind of singing along with it in the car. And Mariah goes, is that why you were singing that the other day? I go, I was singing that the other day? And she goes, yeah, you were walking around the house oh, saying, man. how far is heaven? I go, well... Then it needs to take that number 10 spot. The number 10 spot was hard because there were several songs that I like way more that were like more influential to me that this beat out. But I had to give props to Lost Lonely Boys, How Far Is Heaven. It, 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 this is like the definition of an earworm. Yeah. It gets in there. I, I, I'll tell you, I have more than one song on my playlist where I'm like, I don't like this, but I know <laughs> it needs to be here. Um, so I, I get it. Th- yeah, this song... It's it, not good, but I don't mind when it's on. It's like, it's so <laughs> inoffensive. And it's also like a Christian song and a Jesus song, but it's also kind of like who can Like, it's not, it doesn't feel like even that preachy to me, you know? It it fe- it feels like it could very easily be like, heaven could be a, a lover <laughs> or a part, you know? Like, yeah. it's not necessarily literal uh, Christian, Christian God's kingdom. I think it's maybe one of my favorite and like least offensive like of the of the Christian songs. I feel like if all Christian music was just like kind of like good time chill guitar vibes, I'd be cool with it. We should do our top 10 Christian songs playlist. <laughs> For Easter? Like yeah, we yeah, can sure. yeah, why not? All right, Johnny, let's let's hear your let's hear your uh number 10. I don't know what this song means. I mean, this is about getting pounded in the butt by a horse, I think. No, it's, it's about, it's about don't, well, it's, it, it's, the fact that it's, save a horse, ride a cowboy. Riding a cowboy means to fuck a cowboy, right? To like have sex with a cowboy. But it also kind of implies that if that's the way that you're interpreting it, you are going to fuck the horse. Uh, yeah. Save yeah. the horse. Don't spoil the, the cowboy. <laughs> This song was, and maybe it's just because I grew up in Florida. Uh huh. This song was fucking everywhere yeah. from 2004 until now. You know, like this is this was huge, and this felt like the time where like pop country sort of became more mainstream. Okay. At, again, at least in Florida, my experience at this time was. A lot more people liked country music and listened to country music than they did in years prior. And this song felt like the kickoff to that. I see. I'm familiar with this song and I'm from Indiana, the Florida of the Midwest. But I don't I think in 2004, I was what, like 15 for most of that year. Yeah. I was 
picking more of my own music than I was mm-hmm. like listening to what was around. And I, yeah, like sophomore year of high school, I just don't think I was exposing myself to much like pop country. I just don't think at all. It was completely off my radar. It, it was, I mean, I certainly wasn't picking this, but like yeah. friends' parents were listening to okay. it. It was just on at like, I don't know. I feel like we'd played at like fucking pep rallies and stuff. You know, it was just like on around. So both of our top 10 or both of our number 10 songs, Johnny, are songs that we don't even like. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty good. I think that that's, that's fun. That's a that's a strong start for us. Uh, all right, Johnny. Shall we go to your song nine? Yeah, let's do it. At the blank wow. Goes out to all my the hills heads. <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield, Johnny, I, I missed this one. I mean this this is a this is a classic from two thousand four. Uh, uh, yeah this this is a huge song and it's huge. It's a good it's a good song. If I ever hear this, I'm happy to hear it. It's it's a good time. I have songs on my playlist that feel similar to this song and that I feel similar about, but I'm like, yes, this is. This is just like a this is a fun sing along song. What yeah. what was it? A hairbrush song, a hairbrush right? Song? Like you you just want to belt yeah. this one out. And I th- this is not one of them and I'll, I'll get to them, but there were a few songs where I had like songs that kind of fit a similar role yeah. on my yes. playlist and I had to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um I I do have a song that I think is more of a hairbrush song on my playlist though. Interesting. Do I I don't We'll see. I, I got a song for you, Johnny, coming at number nine. Okay. But I'm like, I'm like 100% sure that is not on your playlist. And and here's the thing with this song. I, I love this song and I loved this album, but it's like, it's one of those things where I don't know if a single other person in the world, like, I don't know <laughs> that I ever encountered anyone that wasn't like me and my little brother or whatever that like loved this album as much as, as we did. Uh, let's listen to my number nine. evident from we'll get deeper into my playlist like what kind of music i was really enjoying in 2004 and it's it's a lot of rap music and i i think that this i was as we were building these i was like i and i was seeing 
what came out that year. Uh-huh. I think this is where we'll really start to diverge. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, what that was, we just listened to, that was a little bit of Ghetto Gospel, which is a Tupac and Elton John song. Uh, this is from the album Loyal to the Game, which was the sixth posthumous Tupac album. So this is... Tupac has I think I think Tupac has more posthumous albums than he does albums that he recorded while he was alive. Uh I believe this album was produced by Eminem and is a collection of like Tupac samples and demos that they remixed and then, you know, obviously this is one that Elton John came on the track for. How, how, how did he have so many like demos? You know, I, I do believe – that's why – I mean that was one of the big conspiracy theories why people thought that Tupac was still alive, right? Because he had sure. so many demos. But I think also like if you just – if you just write a lot of like flow and you just record it all, like you just yeah, – you, you know, whatever. Yeah, you and screw it. However. Yeah, and, and, and mix it up. Like you're a producer. You can make Tupac's flow kind of fit any meter if you slow it down, speed it up. Like uh, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> curious because i know like prince has i mean didn't doesn't his estate have like four billion songs but he also was a musician for significantly long like you know he had way more time to record all that and and look the the thing first of all i i love tupac but that album specifically loyal to the game which came out in 2004 it was like he, Tupac's been dead. He died in the 90s, right? So it's like the the fact that it's a new Tupac album in 2004 and it was produced by Eminem, who I liked a lot. It was like a perfect confluence of things for me. But it was also like one of those things where it's like, I don't know how Tupac fans feel about these albums. Like these are like, you know, they're not they're not part of his like classic. Uh, right. Like, yeah. His, his discography <laughs> is is his like family involved in this or or does like some hey just does some like vc just own that's a question johnny that is a question for when we do loyal to the game on (laughs) on bill buds proper but it is not a question for right now (laughs) Uh, the only question for right now johnny is um what is my number eight right we're we're moving on to my number eight Mm -hmm. wait what yes wait yeah we yes yes we did yours (laughs) we right we did yours we did my number nine yeah, Natasha, uh, Bettingfield. So my number eight, Johnny. Okay, we'll we'll start it right here. That is, of course, all downhill from here uh, by Newfound Glory. I, I was never a Newfound Glory guy. I was, I truly, I truly wasn't. But this song, I don't even think I've listened to this whole album, Catalyst. I loved this song. This song, it's, it's their like hit from this album. Uh, in 2004, it's also like, you know, it's a little late uh, in, in the game for that. I guess not. That was like kind of the sweet spot for pop punk. But the, man, this great was, song. I saw that this came out 
And I didn't recognize any songs from this album. Wow. So this, but I know like their last album, that's the one with like my friends over you and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this feels like we're, we're in that transition where they've had their big hit. This is Mm -hmm. a less big hit. I do think that if you, I think if you're looking at like newfound glory, I actually don't know. Maybe let's look at their like Spotify page just to see if, Oh yeah, this is a top five. No there's, shit. Okay. Yeah, th- but but there's my friends over you, Johnny, which has 144 million plays, sure. and then there's this, which has 41 million plays. So it's about 100 <laughs> million plays okay. different. But it's like it's their number two, and then their number three is their cover of "Kiss Me." So it's like, you okay. know, yeah. And again, I was never a big Newfound Glory guy, but there's like certain Newfound Glory songs that I'm like, oh yeah, these totally. Are great. Yeah. All right, Johnny, you, you ready for your number eight? Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh, I, no, I'm not. But I have to. Pl- I have to click it. Johnny, that is a little bit of uh, "So Cold" by Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. This this was one. This was one of the ones where there were two songs that fit this role, and this yeah. is the one that I picked. The other one, believe it or not, was "Cold" by Crossfade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this was like what was on, yeah, the alternative rock stations, yeah, at this time, and I was like just starting to drive on my own. Um, so, like, when I had the radio on, this is what came on, and it was like, yeah. This is so interesting to me, because in 2004, the radio was like, I think I would have rather driven in silence than driven in the radio, but I wow. don't think it was ever an option. I mean, this was the era of the CD player uh, hooked up to the AV like cable in oh, the car. Yeah. This this was the, like, the big-ass booklet of CDs, all burned, st- of course, CD booklet. I still have my binder of burned CDs in our basement. Might it's, have just be a bunch of a loyal to the game. <laughs> but yeah, but this was the era for me. I, I was not listening to the radio. And like Breaking Benjamin, I think we even did it on one of our playlists where we did polyamorous. That may have been on both of our playlists. Um, you know the that my polyamorous friend, you got me in a no. mess of trouble. Really? Wow. Yeah. Maybe it was just mine. But but I remember Breaking Benjamin from the radio. I don't remember this fucking album at all. At all. You don't remember? There was this song. And I think there was one other one from this album. And it was bet- – that was like so, – Okay. Shit, so, yes, I'm thinking of Polyamorous, which is from Saturate, which is their album from 2002. I think that was on my uh, Best of 2002 playlist. But, yeah, their album mm. in 2004, Sophomore Slump City, baby. I didn't I didn't recognize any of these songs. That, see, So Cold was like – that was a big one. And it, hey, 
They it hit the airwaves in Florida. Hey Johnny, believe me, I'm looking at Breaking Benjamin's plays on Spotify, and it's they have So Cold has 130 million plays, and they have one song, The Diary of Jane, that has oh, yeah. 500 million plays. What what album is that from? That's from Phobia, 2006. We'll okay, get there in two okay. years. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be on my playlist. <laughs> I'll have forgotten about it by now or by then. Uh, all right, Johnny, are you ready to go to your number seven? Yes, absolutely. Of course, that is Gwen Stefani's Hollaback Girl. What what a wild song. What a wild song. What a wild time for Gwen Stefani. I know. This was her first solo album. Yeah. So, like, up until... And I was a huge No Doubt fan. Sure. So, then she comes out with this album that's like, what in the world is going on? This song was... Huge. Absolutely fucking everywhere. It's yeah. how we all learned how to spell the word bananas. Uh-huh. We, it's, it's true. Gwen Stefani uh, did that for us. It was also a huge song for high school marching bands <laughs> yes oh wow and i was a member of the high school marching band so we never played it but i remember playing other teams who would play this as like their stance tune or whatever interesting yeah uh, i remember this was not in 2004 so it must have been in 2005 or 2006 um where i came to chicago to do a uh uh, Second City class when I was like 17 and the so maybe it was like 2007 um, or, or 2006 but it was the, I came and saw a lot of shows that week when I was mm-hmm. in Chicago and Hollaback Girl was like transition music and like pre-show music all over the place there was like that and like um, I think some like Kanye West stuff from like late registration but it was it was like and I think someone even pitched a sketch of like Gwen Stefani and the Spelling Bee, which of course is the most, oh, yeah. it's the most low-hanging fruit sketch that you can pitch. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's like, this was just in the ether, this song. That's like, um, feels like what, like 2014, mm. 2013 with uh, Fancy by yes. Iggy Azalea, where Iggy that Azalea. was like every improv show you saw. That it's, was the transition music. It's so funny for Holla Girl to be on your list, Johnny, because it is like, it's so funny because it's like, <laughs> Now I'm getting what you were saying about having a hard time with this list because I'm like, you can put songs that you like on the list as well. Like, you don't have to just my 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 like once we get farther. In, well, yeah. I don't dislike this song. I enjoy this song. Okay, but okay. also w- once we my top songs are. They're Johnny songs. Yeah. Well, let's go to a, onto a JPC song. This is actually a song, Johnny, that I do like a lot, um, and I did like at the time. I liked a lot at the time. Um, I'm probably like it less now, uh, just because I've heard it uh, 18 billion times. Let's listen to my track seven. I ran my mouth off a bit too much of 
All right. Obviously, that's a little bit of a float on by Modest Mouse. I gotta say, all-time album name too. Good news for people who love bad news. Yes, that's a that's a that is a fun fun album name. Now remember, this is two thousand four. This is like this is Garden State era, right? Like yeah. it's like this this music was humongous at this time. Uh, and I was shocked because I'll tell you, this did not make my top ten, but mm. something that filled a similar role did. Um, and it was between those two songs. But I was shocked that we hadn't covered this album. But I think I was thinking of um, the Killers. Yes, because that like it all is the same deal. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, it, and it, yeah, it was a very it was a time for this music, right? And it's all just yes. coming out all at once. Yeah. And I, I mean, what is it? Is it just indie rock? Like, is that what you? Yeah, I think call so. It? I think I think this yeah. is that this is indie rock, and this is like 2004. Man, this is the indie rock era. It's, we're we're, it's we're in time. the indie rock era. All right, Johnny, that was my number seven. So now we're going to move on to my number six. Uh, do I have a timestamp? Yes, I do. Okay, Johnny, here is my number six. That is a little bit of uh, Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. Uh, when I was looking at my list, Johnny, and I said, I think there might be one song that Johnny has on his list as well. This is what I was going for. I, I was like, it's very possible that Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand is on Johnny's list. But the it's reason possible. That, it's the reason why it's on my list is because this song was also fucking everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, this is like the more rock side of indie rock. Yes. I never realized until ju- literally just hearing it now. The guitars kind of go a little, they're like really fun going a little crazy in there. They're like, it's, it's, it's really interesting rather than just like power chords. There's something else going on there too. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a fun song and it was, again, it was ubiquitous. It was absolutely everywhere. And I, I never got into Modest Mouse or Franz Ferdinand or the Killers as bands, but like their songs, these songs were huge this was also getting to be the era where i'm downloading music on the internet yeah and so i you when i first started downloading music i would download tracks i would say i want to get this song and this song mm-hmm. and i'd be mad because it would take forever to download and it wouldn't be the song that i thought i downloaded but this is we're getting into the era where i'm downloading not only am i downloading albums i'm downloading discographies and i'm listening to like everything Dude, that a band has ever done there there were so many albums that came out this year that I remember just like bringing my gigantic hard drive to my friend's <laughs> house and like getting just literally, yes, full discographies. Uh, all right, Johnny. Well, uh, we got to move on to your song number six. Uh, we've heard we've heard five from me. And by the way, the five from me so far, we've heard uh, Heaven by Los Lonely Boys, which is like a <laughs> radio hit. Um, we've heard Tupac, Newfound Glory, Modest Mouse, and Franz Ferdinand. I think that's a pretty good sampling of like what yeah, I, I was listening to at this time. It's like some rap, some pop punk, and some like I'm getting into indie rock. Uh, all right, Johnny, let's go to number six for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm glad that we both had it at number six. That's Same very fun. Spot. 
and that's got to be that's got to be a, a, a different timestamp too. That's got to be a first for us. I don't think we've ever I done the same so. spot. Yeah. And it was between this or Modest Mouse sure. for me, and it felt like I need I needed to make room for Big and Rich. <laughs> One of them had to go. Um, I see your dilemma. I see your dilemma. Yeah. I liked both of them a significant amount, so that's why they both stayed on for me. Uh, okay, John. Now we're getting in, we're getting out of the nitty gritty. Okay, so now we're getting to our t- our top five. Yeah, I'm very happy with my top five. This is where things get interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, let's listen to it. This is your number five song, Johnny. Here we go. She's seen all the classics. She knows oh yeah. Oh yeah. This was like. 80s revival. Yes. Like, yeah, the 80s were in in a big way. This is just like a nostalgia song, too, you know? Yeah. And what I love about this song, this is 1985 uh, by Bowling for Soup, is it's like, it's also like this, like, um, nostalgic song, but in a jokey way, like they're, like, they're still making fun of the 80s, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it was a, God, man, what a, what a time. I agree. And I, I would be very interested, and I I don't know the answer, to know how old they were. Like, did they... Were they alive and able to know what was going on in 1985, or were they like babies? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I mean, look, I've been looking at all of this music from 20 years ago and going onto the artist pages now and seeing like recent pictures of the bands, and I'm like, oh yeah, everybody's old. Like we're old. We're old too. It's 20 years ago. All this shit came out 20 years ago. Uh, but I don't know how old they oh, were at the time. So. One of the guys, Jarrett, Jarrett Reddick mm-hmm. of Bowling for Soup, um, was born in 1972. So he would have been 12 in 85. Okay. 13. So yeah. So yeah. Um, that's interesting. That's that's like us basically writing a song called 2004 right now, <laughs> which is pretty chilling. It's so chilling we can't even do the math on it, Johnny, because we have to go to my number five. Of we've we've heard your fucking number five. Um, now, let's listen to mine. Heads up! Heads up! Here's another one, and another one. Why you all in my ear talking a whole bunch of shit that I ain't trying to hear? Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Geek, geek, woo, woo. I ain't playing around. Make one false move, I take it down. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. Get back, motherfucker, you don't know me like that. All right, that is a little bit of, you know it. That is Get Back by Ludacris. Oh, get swung on, swung on uh, from the album The Red Light District. I gotta say, man, I loved this song. This song was fucking awesome. Yeah, this was definitely on my larger playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, fucking Luda, man. Tej. And the, vid- the video of the big—he had the big boxing gloves on. Oh God. Uh, I I like that all of his videos. He's got something big yeah. on him. 
<laughs> Dude, I loved Ludacris at this time. Um, and uh, this song, when I remember when Get Back, because this is like third or f- it might be even his fourth yeah. album. Um, or, or or maybe his debut album, No One Ever Heard. So maybe this was like his like third studio or whatever album. Uh, but yeah, I remember when this album came back and I was just so excited for there to be more Ludacris for me to listen to. Yeah, you thought he was just going to stick to acting. <laughs> yes. He comes back. 2004, had he done any acting yet in 2004? Fast and Furious. He was in Fast and Furious in 2004? I when did, Whenever the first one came out. Oh yeah, you're right. That that had to be before 2004. Yeah. Because they were stealing DVDs and that was like the plot of the movie. <laughs> you couldn't do that post-2004. There's no, no, it's too woke. There's no way to search for Fast and Furious because you just find all of them. You find uh, just, 2001 yeah. is 2001. when the first one came out. So he was he was an actor. Yeah, he was an actor at that point, you know, and now Atlanta is it's like second to Hollywood for uh, where, you know, all of the entertainment industry is. So good on you, Ludacris. Uh, All right, Johnny, let's listen to my number four now. I believe, yes, we're going to my number four. Yep. Uh, Well, yeah, this is we'll talk about it. There's I've I now have some complicated feelings uh, with with my playlist. Oh, you didn't think we can do it again. Look, I got, I had, I had, a, I had to put it down from a mid Twista. Overnight celebrity, huge song. So, such a huge song for Twista that in other Twista songs he would just reference this song, like when he had to do verses <laughs> on other people's tracks. Um, and in fact. I, not, not to spoil too much, but that is coming up a little later for me. Uh, th- this song was huge. I loved this song. Now, we're getting into a thing, which is kind of a kind of a we, we, we have to talk about it. This song, obviously featuring and produced by Kanye West. Now, Kanye West produced every hip hop song in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I'm looking at my like playlist and I had like multiple songs that I I had songs in here that I love that I, Kanye West is not like this one you can tell is a Kanye West song songs well, that I've loved because he says Kanye West because he's on it and he says Kanye West uh, and that like the meep, meep, that little yeah. like weep weep guy that's like a Kanye West thing for sure um, but I had other songs that were like there was a, um, a Mary J. Blige and um, Talib Kweli song that I was like oh I love this song I'll put it on my list look it up produced by Kanye West I'm like what the fuck like this guy was just working nonstop in 2004 producing beats for other people and I didn't put any Kanye's college dropout also came out this year. And I did not put that on here, even though I fucking absolutely love that album. Because A, that album doesn't really have like like one standout track on mm-hmm. it. I just love the whole the whole album. But B, knowing what Kanye West became, yeah. it is kind of hard for me to be like, let's give him some more money in Spotify plays or whatever. You know, not that anyone makes money on Spotify plays. I I I thankfully for this exercise was never into Kanye uh, at the time or, or ever. Um, So that wasn't an issue for me, but one of my favorite albums of all time came out in 2004. I didn't include anything from it. I did put it on my larger playlist, but not on my top 10. Um, It was peace, love and death metal by Eagles of death metal. Uh, But 
the lead singer um, has just but said some pretty unsavory things in public. Mm. Um, and uh, I was like, I don't need to be involved with this. Um, it's true. So, yeah. It's truly a bummer because I was a big Kanye West fan. So it's like it's it's hard. It's hard to see when they're like, w- w- you know, their fall from grace. It was the same with mm-hmm. like Lupe Fiasco. And it's like you, eventually you just don't want to look into any of these people too much with Kanye. It was kind of hard to not because it was everywhere, you know, so it's yeah. like, uh, but yeah, so sometimes you're like you start looking into a person. You're like, oh, good. <laughs> they're awful. They're <laughs> what a monster they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still do love Twista. Twista, another Chicago rapper. Rapper original original name that he went by was Mister Tongue Twista because he was the fastest rapper alive. And I really do enjoy listening to Twista because he raps so fast. He's so very that's fast. very fun. <laughs> I did not know that that was his original name. Uh, Johnny, shall we go to your number four, please? I'm always so happy to hear a little song. Hey, as big of a year as 2004 was for Kanye West, this is Lil Jon's time. All I've got to say to that is, yeah. This is... And Luda. We've got Luda. Luda, too. This is, of course, a Yeah featuring Lil Jon and Ludacris. Um, yeah, man, this, this is an absolute classic. This is a banger of the era. This was inescapable. Uh, truly. And still, I mean, you. this is like, if you don't play this song at your party, still, as an <laughs> old person, yeah. what are you doing? Well, now it's an old person song, too, right? Yeah, it's an old that's person true. song, yeah. But, I mean, yes, every every party, and it's just like, just a great song to mm. to just have on. You're driving around. Oh my god! I, I hey man, I absolutely agree with you. It's, if I, I think that that is the second appearance by uh, Ludacris so far Good in our him. top ten. Um, you know, he, he showed up on mine. He showed up on yours a little bit. Uh, all right, Johnny, should we go to your number three? Mm-hmm, please. All right, let's let's take a listen to your number three. So we finally get a song on here that Johnny actually really likes. Uh, that is Love <laughs> Rhymes with Hideous Car Wrecks by the Blood Brothers. Or yeah. Love Rhymes with Hideous Car Wreck by the yep. Blood Brothers. I, Johnny, I don't think I've ever heard this song in my life. Uh, I mean, I don't think that they got much radio play. But this yeah. was one of those bands where like a friend was just like, check this out. Here's everything they've ever made. Yeah. Um, got real into them. I actually didn't get I, I at first when I heard them I was like this is, this is too much. Then I <laughs> I saw them live. Oh, and that got me in, and then I just became a very big Blood Brothers fan. Fan. I don't know the Blood, but I don't think I've ever listened to them. But, but Mariah has a very funny story where she like begged her parents to get her a Blood Brothers CD um, when she was a kid, 
And then she listened to it and she was like, I don't like this at all. But like, <laughs> I begged my parents for this. So like, I have to oh. keep listening to the CD. And she like made herself like <laughs> the CD. So does she like them now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she's like huge into the Blood Brothers. I think that was the only CD that she ever owned from them. But I think that she like did eventually grow to like that, that album. <laughs> rules. Yeah, there were there were a couple songs from this album that I really wanted to pick i i love i love the blood brothers a whole top 10 that's just that okay well johnny we we, we, we can't talk about your love of the Bl- blood brothers anymore because we have to move on to my love of my number three on my list here we go that's two that's two that we have wow that's surprising uh yeah of course that is um that is bowling for soups 1985 johnny where was that on yours was that number five for you i believe I think so, yeah. I think five for you. So five for you, three for me. Not too far off. No. This is one of those songs, too, that it's like, I would play this in the car all the time. This is like a road trip song. And then like 10 years later, I remember in Chicago, uh, this was like, this was a song that I would just have so much fun listening to Mm. because it's like, it's so silly and it's like yeah. not, it doesn't take itself very seriously. And it's also funny to be like, remember this song, you know, 1985 from 10 years ago. Uh, so this has had like two different resurgences for me. It, it's it's great. It's it's a great time. Yeah. It is a fun time. I love, uh, I love 1985 by Bowling for Soup. And that's why it's my number three. All right, Johnny. Now for my number two, this is a, an album we have never covered on the show before, but a band we have covered on the show before. Oh. Yeah, isn't that fun? Um, let's listen to my number two. No matter which way you go, no matter which way you stay, you're out of my mind, out of my mind, out of my mind, out of my mind. That is a little bit of Walking with a Ghost by Tegan and Sarah. This is from their uh, 2004 album, So Jealous. The one we've covered on the show was nine years later, their 2013 album, Heartthrob, which was their more like um, pop music oriented Mm -hmm. album. Oh, man. This is, I don't know what, whatever this music is, it's kind of like my sad girl music. This, This was... This was big for me. This album was huge for me. I loved and this album. This genre also kind of had a moment. Like, this is reminds me of like I saw like Feist had an album mm, around mm. this time too. Yes. Like it it all is whatever genre that is yeah. had a moment in this these few years here. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. It, it truly did, and it was like it was also I think the crowd that I was running with, like the theater kids that I was like mm. hanging out with a lot too in this time that it was like, I heard Tegan and Sarah from someone and I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is very much my shit. Yeah. Um, and it's also, it's kind of like emo adjacent where it's like, it's just this emotional music in a period of time in your life when you are just the most emotional big ball of hormones at all times. Like, Oh yeah. Love it. And walking with a ghost is a great song. Um, I, I was getting, this was one of the last songs that I was like trying to play on bass before I abandoned Mm. like bass completely. Cause around this time is when I was like 16 years old. I was like, it's not for me and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. 
Um, all right, that was my number two, Johnny. We have to go to your number two now. Let's um, do poop. it. Uh, so let's go to your <laughs> number two. How come I never wow. This is like the ultimate hairbrush song to me. Yep. And this is this is from her this is from her debut album too, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, th- this is it's one of the best songs of all time, right? It really is like a mm-hmm. phenomenal song. Mm-hmm. It, it you can't help but like sing along and get like pumped when you hear it. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I mean I totally agree. It's it, and it's also one of those songs too where it's like um. It has lasted the. It's stood the test of time. Like it's it's still one of these songs that you just love listening to. It it doesn't feel dated. It Mm-mm. it it's it's yeah. It's really one of those songs that will always be relevant. Johnny, I think that that is an excellent pick for your number two. And I'm looking at my number one, and I'm looking at your number one. Just the link because I can't see, and I'm thinking. No, there's no way in hell. There's no way in hell these are the same song. If my, I'll eat my fucking hat. Your number one is the same as my number (laughs) one. It can't be. It can't be. But Johnny, we have to listen to it. So are you ready to listen to your number one song? I'm always ready to listen to this song. I don't know what it could be. I'm looking and I just don't know what it could be. (sighs) There's no way to know. All right. Hey, there's one way to know. I'm about to find out. Talking about bass, the real bass heads know what's up here. Johnny, I saw that Death From Above 1979 had put out an album in 2004. That, of course, is a Romantic Rights by Death From Above 1979. I saw it and I said, I bet that'll show up on Johnny's list. And I just moved <laughs> right past that. I've never listened um, to that song, but that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big one for you. Oh, uh, this album. So, so this is their debut album. I saw them for the first, I've seen them like, I don't know, six, seven times. Um, the first time I saw them, they were opening for Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, cool. Um, who was my favorite band at the time, like in high school. And I was like, this band whips. Got super into Death From Above. They broke up like right after this album came out, basically. <laughs> so this was their only album. They were broken up for like 11 years. Wow. And then released a new album whatever in 2016 2017 something phenomenal second album like 12 years after their first one um (laughs) then they've done two what i think they have three or four total albums all just out of control they're such a fun band to see just a bassist and a drummer the drummer's the singer i'm sure i've said this before they were on one of like the coolest 
like uh, late night appearances ever. Uh, they the were Max on Conan. Weinberg, the Max yes. Weinberg joining in on the drums. Yeah. So fucking cool. I love that band. And I, since I've seen them so many times, I've seen a lot of people open for them. And that's how I found the band, The Beaches, because The Beaches opened for Death From Above. Wow. And now The Beaches are one of my favorite bands. You know, it's so funny, too, for a two-person band to have a breakup that lasts 11 years. Because it's like, we all know what the problem was. Yeah, it was, it was the, the you two it was, guys. It, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was between you. The, it was the relationship between the two of you. <laughs> when it's like a four-person band that breaks up, there's at least an air of mystery there to be like, I wonder who, I wonder what, I wonder how, you know. Not when it's just two people. Uh, at least what they've said was like, just creatively, they were going in different directions. It wasn't like they were fighting. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then Sebastian uh, of Death From Above, mm-hmm. he just has an Instagram where he posts pictures of uh, the Brady Bakes. Seb's breads. It's great. Okay. That, very so, cool. All right, Johnny. We have I to love get Death to my From number, Above. We have to get to my number one. Um, your oh, number wait. one, Death From Above. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't. Even, I didn't plan this. This is just a hat that I like to wear a lot. Oh, I'm wearing yeah. a Death From Above hat right now. <laughs> He's wearing a Death From Above hat. It's just a hat he likes to wear. Johnny, would it shock you to know that uh, there are three people involved with this song, and two of them have already been featured? Um, one of them on my list and one of them on your list. Kanye West and Natasha Bedingfield. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to my number one. This is so sick. <laughs> I love I love this song. I love this song so much. So uh, that is a little bit of Let's Go. That is Trick Daddy featuring Twista and Lil Jon. Um, maybe one of the best songs ever written. <laughs> <laughs> truly so good. Uh, you know, I guess I should also say f- featuring Ozzy Osbourne. I yeah, mean, just I sampling Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, an out-of-control song. Uh, I was never really a big into Trick Daddy, but like somehow the confluence of like Trick Daddy, Twista, Lil John, Ozzy Osbourne hitting on that one song, that was like... I cannot tell you how much, and the fact that I, I had my own car and I could play like music with profanity like, in it. like I... So at this time, I had a car, and I had the biggest, stupidest fucking subwoofer. Mm. So I used to love just playing, I mean, any anything but rap music especially, and just like fucking cranking the bass. My, my dad helped me install a subwoofer that I bought on Crutchfield into my um, Toyota Corolla, which is the mm. smallest car in the world. And the subwoofer literally took up half of my trunk and it would make the mirrors, all of the mirrors rattle. If I turned it up too high, I would have to keep my hand on my rear view mirror because it would just rattle out of position. It <laughs> when that when that car when that car got totaled, um, not my fault, I was devastated because I was like, I'll never have I'll never have a sound system quite like I had in that Corolla. I think about that a lot. I had a bu- a Volkswagen bus. Mm-hmm. So I had the subwoofer way in the back, but the car was so long that I had to like adjust. I had to adjust it yeah, because there would be like 
phasing in my uh-huh. car where like the subwoofer was too late to get to get the bass to me in the front. It, it's it's so funny too because when I I mean this was a huge project for me. I got new like tweeters. I got bought new speakers. Oh god, I got new I, tweeters. I, I had to, I had to rip like wiring out of the car. Um, I had a I had one of those like face plates for my um CD player that I could remove and like take with me when I left, so that nobody steals it. You so got it. I, my face plate had a little carrying case. Yeah, mine did too, and it had full like LEDs or whatever. But I remember this time in my life where that was so important to me. And I would just listen to the music as loud as I could. It would just shake the foundations of the earth. And then in like 2018, when I had to buy a car, um, I was like shopping around for cars. And one of them that I like went to test drive, the guy was like, this has the premium sound system. And I'm like, what do I need the fucking premium sound system for? So I can listen to podcasts louder? Like, no way, man. Like, I, <laughs> I I'm, do, not, I'm not doing that anymore. I have like a dream where I get a, a bus again or a... So just some like stupid car that's like fun for me to drive around. Sure. And if I did that, I think I would get a crazy sound system to never use. <laughs> of course but... not. It's fun to think about. Um, all right, Johnny, those are our top tens. Only two pieces of crossover this year, which I think is amazing. More than I expected. Yeah, I, I honestly like. If I'm if I'm if I'm being honest with myself, that Kelly Clarkson song, I should have put it on there. there I, th- I'm actually surprised you didn't. That was where I thought the crossover would be. Something could have gotten removed for that Kelly Clarkson song, but it was it was tough. Uh, Johnny, famously, this is the point where we will release our full playlist. We'll push we'll post them in the episode descriptions. So you can check out uh, everything else that we had. Do you have any honorable or dishonorable mentions that you'd like to mention? I do. Dishonorable. Um, Eagles of Death Metal, like I said. Uh, yeah, some some unsavory stuff, but other college dropout on there is my dishonorable mention. I almost thought of Johnny. I almost thought I would put um, "We Don't Care," which was one of my favorite songs from College Dropout, on the show, but I just wouldn't put the clip in. But I'd just make us listen to silence, and then be like, "That was Kanye West." <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as like honorable mentions, we had an MCR album come out. Mm. Um, also, "Gasolina" by Daddy Yankee. Okay, uh, which is oh, yeah. just a tremendous song. Sure, uh, and then. This one was really hard for me to not include, but Rumors by Lindsay Lohan. Wow. Uh, I think I could give a shout out to an honorable mention to what I like to call the Beautiful Boys, uh, because You're Beautiful by James Blunt came out and Beautiful Soul by Jesse McCartney both came out in 2004. I think that that's a very funny, if I could have, they, that's obviously the same slot, but I would love to have, uh, I would love to put both of them on there as well. That's the, that's the You're So Cold, Cold <laughs> yeah um man we also had william hung had an album yeah um, jo- john legend's first album came out also heavily produced by kanye west <laughs> uh probot are you familiar with probot no probot's only album came out then it was like a like a super group um with uh uh dave grohl oh interesting um very very fun very good stuff uh, also, I, I want to give a shout out. These are things that didn't make my li- my top 10 list, but um, two different bands that I really like put out two covers that I really liked this year. Uh, the first one was uh, The Guitar Man by Cake. I really enjoyed that cover. And the mm. second one is Don't Stop Me Now by The Vandals, uh, which is a Queen cover. Um, both both very fun very fun cover songs that came out that year. Uh, and if you want again, if you want to see our full playlist, and again, they're more manageable than they were yeah. last year. Johnny's going to send me his. They'll both be in the episode description. And Johnny, that's it, man. That's our top 10 of 2004. 
Are you ready for fucking 2024 with the Bill Buds? Me? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Do we have Are you? Our, do we have our schedule? Do we have can we make some announcements out of here? Do oh, we, have we probably our can. I think we have some stuff that's already uh, that's already that we've already decided on. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. yeah. All right, Johnny. Coming up later this month, we have an album uh from 2017. We have The Click by AJR. Uh, I believe that was a listener suggested album. Uh and you, Johnny, have selected The Mix Up by the Beastie Boys. Oh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'll be very, very fun. Uh, and then you can also check us out on Patreon. It's pay what you will over there. Patreon.com slash BillBudsPod. Um, whatever you give us, we would be more than happy with it. And we will be covering... Oh, this is fun. <sighs> Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street from 2023, the original cast recording, and Kevin Abstract's American Boyfriend, A Suburban Love Story. Again, another um, listener-submitted one. I maybe have never been more excited to cover an album than I am to cover Sweeney Todd. All right. Well, that's our, that is our uh, January on the bill buds pod. Uh, we can't wait for you to hang out with us and we hope that you enjoyed uh, this 20, the, the top 10 of 2004. If you had songs that were not on our playlist that came out in 2004, that you want us to hear, Hop on over into the Discord, and if you're not in the Discord, or you're not a Patreon member, just you know, let me know. I'll get you in the Discord because uh, we would love to hear about them and uh, figure out what you were doing in 2004. And if you hadn't been born yet or whatever, just keep that to your fucking self. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't hear about that. If you're like, I was listening to anything, I was two. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> we have some young listeners. That's okay as well. Uh, Johnny, do you have anything else for the people out there in Bill Bud's land? Um. You know, if you're just get if if you're like me and you're a little mm. stinky diapy, mm. change it. Change your diapy. It's a new year. Don't go into a new year with a stinky diapy. And why go into a new year with an old catchphrase? That's what I always like to say, Johnny. So to all you listening out there in Bill Bud's lands, change your stinky diapies. <laughs> what do we think? <laughs> what do we think? We think that'll last? We'll, we'll see. see. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Them real ones, them good girls, them bill